Forum, coming to you live on 103.5 FM every Saturday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Jagat, Smriti, and Zabud welcome you to the best talk show in Houston, Texas, now approaching its 25th year. Please call us at 1-888-749-1035 to participate live. When you talk, everyone, everyone listens. listens. This is Open, Open Forum. Folks, welcome back to Open Forum every Saturday, 103.5 FM, humfmradio.com. I think uh, we're going to have a guest right in the center out here. Uh, come on over here, sir. This is going to be a great show today. Um, in the studio, I have Jagat Kamdar, my co-host. My name is Subodh. But the special person in the guest, uh, in, in the guest seat, the, the hot seat as we call it, <laughs> is none other than Mr. Supal. Vora. Supal, welcome to Open Forum. Thank you, Subodh. It's good to see you and good to be here. Well, it's always fun to talk to you because, you know, it's money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> We talk a lot about money. And, uh, well, more than money, it's how do you manage that money? How do you manage the money for the future? And because, remember, all of us out here, well, listeners, our listeners, people in the studio today, we work hard. And uh, we work hard with one goal, you know, take care of our kids, and our businesses, but ultimately our parents, and then ultimately, um, you know, you've got to take care of yourself. And who is best to take care of yourself but you yourself, for you and your spouse, if you have a spouse, oh. right? So you, uh, Supal, have been on our show for many, many years, maybe six or seven years now, every year you come here, and a lot of our listeners have become your clients which is really thrilling to hear that because right, absolutely because yeah. uh, our our goal here is to make people understand that a good advisor is a good investment mm-hmm. and and that's the whole idea so welcome back to open forum let's catch up with you because last time you were here was one year ago and since then a lot of things i bet has happened in your life in your financial the business part of it so tell us about your business all over again Yes, well, it's great to be here, Subodh and Jagat. Um, I'm, I'm Supal Vora, and I'm a private wealth advisor and CEO of Navina Wealth. And we're a private wealth advisory practice with Ameriprise Financial. Mm-hmm. Now, we work with over 1,100 households in 36 states, and uh, we manage about $500 million of assets in-house. Wow. Wow. That's and, amazing. And um, our objective is to help you to educate and empower you to make smarter financial decisions. So, you know, the role that we play in our client's life is that of their chief financial officer team. That's fantastic. fantastic. And, and and tell us the staff that you have. You are yes. and uh, yeah, tell us we about We have uh, 14 people on our team. And um, you know, I have the great privilege and blessing to work with my father. Lucky you. So, he's also a financial advisor on my team and uh he he and I we work together. Um my wife Mita, she mm-hmm. also works on my team. Yeah. And uh and and then my best friend uh she's my business partner. So, I have a family business and it's it's really wonderful. That's amazing. And then uh, is your main office in California or it doesn't matter anymore because Yeah, via that, Zoom, yeah, via right. telephone, it just doesn't matter, doesn't matter anymore, anymore, right? right? Yes, yeah, so but but it, for the for the sake of your you know where you registered, etc., is it where is it? Yeah, so we have an office right here in Houston. Also, yeah, and we also have an office in Temecula, California. Nice. So Temecula, Temecula, California. Where, where on earth is that? I mean, in <laughs> California, but <laughs> an hour north of San Diego, it's Southern Ooh, California wine country. What lovely, wow. lovely, lovely yeah, out yeah. there, yeah. So, yeah. okay, so we'll get invited there, too. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That with no question about no it. No question yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. No question. And you It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful area. And uh, with, uh, none other, I guess, even uh, Richard Nixon's library is there. Oh, my area. God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you go further north, uh, you get uh, Reagan's library. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just north Both of Los Angeles. Californians. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nixon and Reagan. Well, yeah. let's talk about... Uh, 
our finances. Before that, uh, let's preface that with what's going on right now in the stock market. I'd like you to give us a five-minute uh, spiel on what's going on with yeah. the stock market. I mean, you know, you see these ups and downs, and the prediction from all these pundits that we listen to or uh, read is that it's going to be going up this yes. la- this next 12 months at yeah. least. Yes. Tell us, tell, tell us, give us a little spiel on that. Well, let's say that, that uh, during COVID time, if you remember, suppose that the market was really down, yes, uh, way down, as a matter of fact, and, and some of them probably cast it out thinking uh, that, hey, listen, market is not going to go up. Yeah. But uh, within within three years, I think the market has rebounded uh, yes. uh, surprisingly very well, mm-hmm. and it has uh, gone uh, Sur- quite uh, doing quite well right and now. I think and it surpassed that, right? Yeah, surpassed yes, that, it, it right? Now, um, so talk about this uh, the, the 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 whole dynamics of of uh, Dow Jones and the market and all this. Yeah. So so yes, the S and P five hundred has hit its all time high. Yeah. So Friday, you know, right? Was yeah. It, was right. Friday? Yeah. So we're in an environment right now where the economy is is surprisingly healthy, much healthier than was anticipated it it would be. So where we're at right now is that inflation is coming back down. We're seeing inflation below 3%. So as a result of that, the Federal Reserve has now <coughs> indicated that they're going to begin reducing interest rates as soon as a few months from now, maybe as early as March. Wow. So that was Good really, yeah. really un- uh, unexpected. You know, inflation ended up coming much stronger than it was anticipated in 2022. As a result, the Federal Reserve had to raise interest rates rapidly. So that created a lot of stock market volatility in 2022. Now, can, can I, before, explain to the listeners, why does that happen? Why did they raise it and why they're going to lower it? So yeah. they get an idea of what is it, no, inflation right. and interest rates. And along with that, the, the pundits were saying that it's going to crash land it. Yes. And it did not. It and basically, has, I consider it a soft landing right now. Yes. Maybe, maybe it could change. So include all these things in your, in yes, your, in yes. your talk. So, so um, absolutely. So, w- whenever the Federal Reserve, is, their <coughs> primary job is to control inflation. Mm-hmm. So, inflation is basically the price of goods and services going up. Compared to India or Pakistan, for example, inflation in the U.S. Are, is pretty low. Mm-hmm. For the last 25 years, we've averaged 2% per year. So, when you have a stable inflation environment, that means that you have a reliable economy in which you have stable prices. That makes it a good business environment. In that type of an environment, it's easy to do business. Stocks go up over time. It's easier to also innovate because you have reliable cost uh, expectations. So that's a big competitive advantage to the U.S. compared to other emerging market countries where inflation can be high. Yeah. So during COVID- Can I stop you just for a second? Just for, for the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing something different here, but I just want to mention something about you're talking about 3% and less than 3% inflation. In Davos right now, all the, the world leaders are meeting. Uh, and, and of course, India is part of the conversation. And the Indian ministers were talking about the Indian economy. And they were literally talking about a moderate inflation of 6 to 7% in India, mm. in Indian growth. growth. Wow, yeah. Here we're talking about 3%, and if it goes beyond 3% or 4 or 5%, then all of a sudden the whole America it's a makes a noise, right? Yeah. And so that, that I just wanted to mention that, that how, how you know, uh, <laughs> different countries look <laughs> at inflation. Jagat is putting his political uh, aspect into it. I was, not, I was not going to touch that, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah, we got <laughs> no, that. No, 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 I just wanted to <laughs> m- mention that I, I honestly did not believe but the way that the Indian government was putting that 6 yeah. to 7%. Moderate, I yeah. personally thought that's high, that that yeah. was a little high. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And, and that shows the difference between yeah. an emerging market and a mature market like the U.S. is that India would be happy with a 6% inflation that's one of the reasons why the currency keeps devaluing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we don't want those type of things here in the U.S. So what ended up happening was that in COVID, in 2020, the recession was so bad that there was a large amount of stimulus spending that went out into the economy. Right. So that artificially increased the money supply. Now you have a lot more money in the system that's being spent, and inflation started spiking. So at the end of 2021, inflation was about 6.5% in the U.S. This was expected to only be transitory and go away 
about a month or two, three months later. And instead, inflation spiked all the way to 9.5%. Right. So as a result, the Federal Reserve then had to begin taking emergency actions. Because one of the dangerous things is that if inflation comes into the economy, and if it stays, it goes ahead and reduces economic growth over time. So the Federal Reserve, almost in an emergency situation, began rapidly increasing interest rates from 0.25% all the way up to 5.25% for the federal funds rate. But why? So that prevents what? So the federal funds rate is basically the rate at which uh, banks can borrow from each other on an overnight basis. And then loan it to others. And to loan it to others. By making it more expensive to borrow money, it slows down economic activity. That effect reduces inflation. Mm -hmm. So essentially, the Federal Reserve is trying to slow down an overheated economy. In this type of situation, the Federal Reserve will actually prefer a recession compared to continued runaway inflation. Mm -hmm. So that's why the stock market ended up dropping significantly last year. And that's specifically why technology companies dropped the most. Mm Because what happens is that when you have high inflation, the Federal Reserve has made borrowing costs more expensive. Now, suddenly, individuals will spend less money. Businesses will invest in their businesses less. That creates slower inflation. The problem is that the instrument that the Fed uses, which is only being able to increase or decrease the Fed funds rate, is a very blunt tool for specific inflation needs. So what happens is that it and that's the only tool they have. That's the only tool that they have. So it's it's putting a very uh, big uh, big weapon on on things that are highly specialized. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that as a result, borrowing costs for homes increase yeah. significantly. Student loan costs increase significantly. Businesses don't borrow as much money. Right. Debt service payments increase. So all of this is designed to go ahead and slow down the economy. Now, historically in the past, every time this has happened, the Federal Reserve has always accidentally ended up in a recession. Mm -hmm. There has never been a time where the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates only to lower them back down in in a coordinated fashion. It's always been haphazard on the way down. So that is also what was expected this time around. Mm -hmm. So beginning at the uh, beginning of January of 2023, a year ago, after all of the volatility that we saw in 2022, we were expecting to have a, a weak economy last year. And instead, what happened is that the economy continued to stay strong. Consumer spending continued. But while all of that happened, we began seeing inflation coming down. And towards the end of last year, we began seeing inflation coming down pretty rapidly. Now, this puts the Federal Reserve in a tough spot. Because by increasing uh, interest rates, they have effectively slowed down the economy, and that is, in in essence, hurting businesses. So they can't leave interest rates this high forever. Mm -hmm. They have to begin reducing interest rates. So in October of last year, uh, when we began seeing that inflation had come down, it became increasingly evident that to reduce the headwinds in the economy, the Federal Reserve is going to begin reducing interest rates sometime this year. Fantastic. Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. What a beautiful, uh, the way you explained this was just amazing. And I know we are recording this, Federal is recording our show. And I, I know that people who missed this show can go back and listen to this again and again. It was a lovely soliloquy, if I want to say it, in the Shakespearean uh, <laughs> way. It was really, really good. But, here's a but now. We talk about, okay, now the inflation is getting better and better, but people are still hurting yes. in, in the grocery stores at the gas pump, uh, buying insurances for homes, buying insurance for health, buying insurance for the car or anything. Yes. Why? How do you explain that? Is it just lagging behind or is it just always going to stay like that? Eggs? The, the, the consumer prices haven't yeah. considerably right. gone down yet. So, so it, it's, a, it's, it's a good theoretical explanation, but practically people come and say, Mr. Vora, thank you, but I'm still buying eggs at an X price, yeah. whereas it used to be X minus whatever. And it's always going to remain that way because when inflation reduces, it's the price of future increases have reduced. Mm-hmm. So prices are still going up compared to 2023. They're just but the rate going has up gone. at a reduced rate. rate. So All right. I don't anticipate prices to come down 
Unfortunately, the only way prices come down is if we have a recession. Mm-hmm. So that's not a desired outcome. Right. We want the increases to decrease. Right. Right. Yeah. Folks, I think basically the whole philosophy is that whether they are Republicans or Democrats, if uh, the, the inflation should not be more than two to three percent. Correct. And it's always going to that be that be case. Awesome, though. Yeah. yeah. It's always going to be. Of course, you know. I mean. Uh, I would always prefer to have it less than 3%. Yes. But it's no guarantee that this inflation would uh, either go... And I do not want it to go down where, where the interest rate is zero, you know. Yes, yes. But at the same time, I do not want to be in 6 to 9% range also. Right. Yeah, that's, that, that, that is true. Uh, one of the sectors that really took a beating was the housing sector. You want to yes. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so... The real estate, the, right? Real estate yeah. is directly correlated to our ability to be able to borrow money. So when real estate, when a 30-year mortgage goes from 3% to 7.5%, it's naturally going to go ahead and slow down the economy in real estate. But we have a couple of things that we need to be mindful of, is that unlike 2008 and 2009, where the real estate sector took a big beating, last year the real estate sector was still remarkably stable. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is that we have a big supply uh, shortage in the country. Mm-hmm. There are 7 million fewer homes in the country than there are people who want to buy. So that demand and supply equation cannot be fixed uh, overnight. It's going to take a few few years of steady house building before that goes away. The other thing is we also have what we call the golden handcuffs. Now people who have 3% interest rate mortgages they're not going to sell their home because uh, the new next home that they buy is going to be more expensive. Exactly. So right. even though borrowing costs went up, the, the supply of new homes going onto the market was still artificially low because people are just not interested in selling. Mm-hmm. So if interest rates began dropping this year, that is likely going to begin once again resume the upward trajectory for real estate. So real estate went up significantly from 2020 to 2022. We saw price stabilizing in 2023. And if interest rates began dropping again, we likely are going to see real estate going back up again because of that fundamental issue is that we just don't have enough supply. Right. A number out here to join in this conversation, anyone who's listening, and, and Supal, uh, he's like the encyclopedia out here, the Wikipedia, if I want to call it. <laughs> and you can ask him any question, reasonable question. That is, you know. <laughs> And our number is 1-888-749-1035. 1-888-749-1035. This is Open Forum with Supal Vora, Jagat Kamdar. My name is Subodh. Now we're going to go back to the old dictum of savings. Yes. And... Uh, and again, as we started our program, uh, we, we talked about human beings do have a tendency, smart human beings, to save. You know, whether uh, and animals save too. I mean, you see a squirrel saving yeah. uh, acorns in, in the nest. You see, uh, you know, the gatherers used to save the animals mm-hmm. so for the winter, etc. I could go on and mm-hmm. on and on with so many similar things. Us, in the modern era, we are in the habit of saving for a lot of things. But before, so that's the question I want to ask you. We're going to talk about saving. But let's take one of our callers out here because um, uh, I, this is a caller-driven show. So let's see. Uh, Mr. Patel, how are you doing, sir? Yogi Bhai. I'm doing fine. Subhad Bhai, Jagat Bhai. Haji. How are you doing, guys? Great, great. How are you? Hi, Yogesh Bhai. How are you, Subhad Bhai? Good, good. Good to talk to you. Yeah. I, I think, thanks to your show, Subhad Bhai and Jagat Bhai. Haji. I got in touch with Supal and I'm extremely, extremely happy with yeah. his services and kind of guidance yes. he provides and take care of his clients. I think anybody who's looking for somebody to have their finances checked at least, even if you don't want to get done something, mm-hmm. just talk to him and he'll advise you the right way to what is good for you. Not what he wants to do, but mm-hmm. what your goals are and that's how it's so important and I think... Me and my wife both were married, and we're really happy with his services. And thank you, Subal Bhai. You bet, you bet. I, I think you did. I, I remember you did uh, listen to him on our show, right? And then you called and, and we, we, you know, got his number out back to you. And you know, there's been other people also. I have right. so many other friends and some of my own patients 
who have also taken y'all's number and then called them and have been very happy and satisfied. Yes. And uh, but did you have a, a financial question for, or do y'all do it in a room no, anyway? So, really <laughs> so why ask openly? <laughs> y'all, being his uh, client, you probably talk to him anyway. So that's that's good. But I I I really appreciate you. Uh, calling and uh, encouraging us to ask him some tough questions because we've been soft so far. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, like I said, that uh, with him, like yeah. you know, a lot of time people have a skepticism about financial advisor. Mm-hmm. They think that they will always look for their interest and in how they make money. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, because of your recommendation, and I thought, Kevin, that is, let me talk to him and see how he feels. Right. So we both. Yeah. There. Well, I'm glad. And it's really. Really different yeah. experience. Yeah, open forum. Well, open forum is a program that we right. want to make sure people get the right advice from the right people, yeah. and hence, you know, yeah. a lot of doctors and lawyers come to our uh, shows also, and we make sure uh, we get the right people in the studio so our listeners can get in touch yeah. with them and get the best advice. Yes, sir. Well, with the with Supu, I think what people feel is that that he's part of the family. Yeah. And so they don't mind talking to Supo on, you know, whatever financial situations they are in, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the credit to him that he makes people so happy and, you know, part of the family as a matter yeah, of fact. And, 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 you know, I think Yogi Bhai brought in a very good point, and I'm going to let Supo extrapolate on that point. He said that, look, I, he may have, I'm, I'm taking Yogi's name, but it could be anyone, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. X or Mrs. Y. They come to you and they say, look, Supo, we already have this, 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 this. And yeah, there are some advisors who are advising. How can you, I mean, where do you take them? Yeah. How do you take over from that kind of, a, you know, there are a lot of people who already have. Yeah. Either advisors or they've got some subtle advisors. Yeah. How do you then take it from there? Well, you know, most of us have already, you know, as we've been living, we've been taking action towards our financial goals. So we have multiple investment accounts. We may even have professionals that are helping us with managing it. Right. Where I come into play is I first begin to sit down with you and I understand where you're at right now and what your goals are. Once I have a good understanding of what your goals are, I'll then take a look at the actions that have been taken so far. Okay. From there, we create a financial plan, which takes a look at with the goals that you have and the actions that you're taking, what is your probability of success? And to see if there's any areas to optimize. Mm -hmm. I have found 99% of the time there's something better that we could be doing. Right. And right, so true. when I when I see where that area to optimize is, I then share it with you, and then we begin taking action. So, you know, th- that's the first and foremost thing is I want to understand where you're at, what actions you've taken, create a game plan, and then see where we can optimize. And then take it from there. Yeah. What happens to both? Uh, uh, and Yogi, you can uh, chime in into also. Yeah. But many of the people that they think that they are with uh, uh, whoever. Uh, houses they are with Fidelity mm-hmm. or any other or Schwab or right, any other. Right, right. They think that, you know, as long as Fidelity is taking care of it, I'm being taken care of. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, where we are missing out is we do not really put the whole thing into the basket and look into the future and say, what are going to be our needs, you know, mm-hmm. and what else needs to be done depending upon what kind of estate that you have. Right. Or what kind of estate do you want to create? So that includes your kids, your grandkids, and a lot of other family members. And that's where his expertise comes into the picture. Because irrespective of how well you know about it, yeah. I guarantee you that many of the Indian Americans, or many of these, not Indian Americans, but many of the majority of the people, yeah. they really do not know how to put all these things together. And you know what? You got me stimulated by asking him the next question. that I was. It was in my mind, and boom, it came right out. A baby is born. How do you help that couple? A couple, maybe they have started their life, but they may have a little money to put aside. You told us one time at one of our seminars that I came to listen to you, that there's a X amount, there's a magic number, X amount of uh, money that you put in and you wait for 50 years, uh, I don't know what the number was, and that becomes into a million dollars. Is that, is yeah, that, so did I hear that wrong so or is that true? For business owners, huh. one of the most powerful tools that they can take advantage of for their children is to do a Roth IRA funding. The challenge is that we have to have earned income in order to contribute into a Roth. Okay. So our child must have earned income. So this is really limited only to business owners because you have to essentially compensate your child to be able to do so. Yeah. 
The reason why the Roth IRA is so powerful is that all of that money grows tax-free for life. Mm -hmm. If we're aggressive with our funds, they're going to double every seven years. So if we have a baby and we set aside $6,000 for it, for the, he, him or her, yeah. then by that single 6000 a Roth IRA is Without gonna, putting anything else Without later putting on. anything wow. else, is going to keep doubling every seven years. Yeah. So by the time that child is 65, they're going to have a million and a half dollars tax-free on a single $6,000 savings. Right. Wow. So and, it could be a great multi-generational And if you keep dynasty. putting some more money, that right. becomes a tremendous number. Tremendously of, yeah. more, yeah. Exactly. And that's precisely the point, Majeev. I don't think that you even have to wait uh, to do that. I mean, you can always create an IRA. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, the Roth IRA has an advantage because they're taxed. But uh, even if you create an IRA and even if you do not have a business and if you keep on putting five to $10,000, but uh, hopefully that the family can afford to put in, uh, for the kids, you mm -hmm. know, not on a yearly basis, but maybe every other, every three years or so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it could multiply in such a way that by by the time that they are 40, probably they would have a couple of million dollars in the account. But remember one thing. I mean, am yeah. I wrong in saying yeah, that? Very little savings. Right. And, and the, the problem is, uh, Supal, that a lot of the parents are also looking for college funding, etc. How do you then uh, manage that? What's the advice for that? A baby is born yeah. and they, you know that child... Born to a Desi family is 99% chance he's going to college. He or yeah. she is going to college. What's the advice to those folks? So college is not cheap. No. So oh, from Lord. the time that our did children... You, did you have to start that? <laughs> <laughs> so from yeah, the time yes, that our children are born, if we want to pay for about $25,000 a year for four-year education in today's dollars, yeah. we need to start saving about $800 a month oh my. from the day our child is born. So that's almost ten thousand. It, it is right a year. A year, right. yeah. Okay. That you're going to have for to eighteen save. years. For eighteen years, yeah. So you're going to have to save about one hundred eighty thousand dollars right. for a full education for your for your child. Yeah. Are there tricks to that, or that's that's it's just, it's the, just a the most solid like, fact that you can't deviate. That's a solid fact that okay. you really can't get around of, uh, except for if you're in a couple of states like Florida. Mm -hmm. But um, that's not a fact that you're going to get around. So if we know we need to save that amount of money, we're better off starting younger rather than waiting. Right. And not only that, the 25000 today, probably after yeah. 18 years. Inflation. We talked that about the, inflation. That, that, yeah. the, the, the prices of our tuition is going to be probably thirty five to 40000 Easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you think about it, a $25,000 education today, 20 years ago, was $10,000. So, yeah. I mean, inflation is significant. But you still advise that you should put whatever you can into a, are there any special funds that one should use? You know, there are five twenty nines and yeah. uh, the yug, so, ugma and stuff like that. What do you now? What I when, you know when I first started my career twenty years ago, yeah. it would be pretty cookie cutter. It's yeah. let's start saving into a five twenty nine plan. Right. Money inside of a five twenty nine plan is all going to grow tax free mm -hmm. as long as it's used for education. Okay, but if you have a child that's being born today, yeah, I don't know what college is going to look like eighteen twenty years from now. We have artificial intelligence completely changing the way that we live, work, and play. So will that same college education have that same type of value? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So in this situation, I recommend that for a parent today to go through that thinking because we may be better off putting that money aside for our children's in, in uh, <clears throat> well-being yeah. and then letting them finance their own education through a student loan because that'll then allow them to compound this wealth more. More. Because it very well could be that we could spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on college, mm -hmm. they graduate, and now we're in the land of artificial intelligence. That yeah. few hundred thousand that you spend <laughs> yeah. as a parent yeah. is not going to have the same investment the way that it did for our own education. Okay. So this is where I think so, each parent needs to think about it. So your advice is, as soon as the baby is born, you will have money for the college, but you can actually not, instead of a 529 or a UGMA, yeah. Uh, yeah. the Gift for Minor Act Correct. or whatever, you just invest it. Yes. Put it into stocks yeah. or bonds or whatever. Invest it and let it grow and maybe give that money flexibility so yeah. that if your yeah. children get a full scholarship or if colleges value differently at that time, they mm -hmm. can then reallocate this money for their own wealth. Yeah, for something else. But this is where the problem comes yeah. in. You know, for can, example, I the, just, can I get the number out? And then, yeah, please go ahead. Um, uh, folks, you're listening to Open Forum. This is a fantastic two-hour two program we have with Supal Vora. Did you know you're going to be here for two hours? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <You> did? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> but you are here for two hours, and I'd like for you all to call and ask some questions, because when you ask a question... Remember, 70,000 people are listening to the answer, and that's the key. Right. Our number out here is 
7491035 okay yes sir go ahead so what's the advice i mean do you go very aggressive for that uh, young child as an investment or do you go medium or you go really low so for the young child i recommend if you if our risk tolerance can handle it then i recommend being more aggressive now been toning down risk in about 10 years time mm-hmm. so you know give it that okay. first 10 years okay. of being aggressive here's where investing is very difficult is that over the last 20 30 years if all we did was just invest in the s&p 500 yeah we would have averaged 9% average annual rate of return is that good in your very book? good okay. that means money's doubling every yeah. ten, every 7 years 7 years the problem is that only 60 days over the last 20 years drove all of that performance <laughs> so 99.5% of the time it's just noise yeah and i have found that over everything it's our behavior that drives our wealth creation correct so whenever we're investing we have to be aware of what our appetite is we're all aggressive about making money but when volatility comes our risk tolerance can change dramatically yeah so i recommend that if we can handle the volatility then being more aggressive equity centric but being aware of the volatility that could happen mm-hmm. that only 60 days over 20 years drove all the performance So we need to be humble about that and and not And what happened to the other 300 days? It's They just noise down, up and noise, down up and, up and down, down and not, right, not making right. any money, yeah. no That's progress. What, yeah, so yeah. a lot of the time what seems like progress is just noise. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and that's why But those 60 market, days made up for the 9% then, right? Yes, they made, they only made the, 60 days over 20 years drove all of that return. Those 60 days were like big jumps, is big that what jumps. you're saying? Okay. Yeah. And little uh, big jump but l- less uh, falling down. Yes. Things like that. Yeah. So, but you would still say the first 10 years be aggressive and then kind of, yeah. you know, and put your risk, get right? your foot on the brake and see what what can be done. Exactly. Wow, well, fantastic. Uh, uh, Yogi, do you have to chime in? Oh, that, that thing, what, what, what he super was saying is like, it's just like, you know, a lot of people don't realize, okay, wait, people just like, you know, we have a tendency, okay, a good friend say, oh, make money this way, this way, and all of a sudden, without even thinking, you do it, and you, you, if you don't have that tolerance to bear it, okay, you put a thousand dollars, it's going to go to five hundred dollars in twenty days, then you panic and you sell it. and that's what normally a lot of people to happen and i yes. think what a good financial advisor they know when to change the gear when to go up and when to go slow down and which we as a working people like if i i'm working i'm doing a job mm-hmm. i don't have that kind of time or reading or effort to do that and i think that's the reason it's the best advice to leave it to the professional just like if i have to do something medically i go to subodh i don't go to jagatbai So <laughs> <laughs> you're right you know you were you're so right, right. <laughs> so right about yeah, that so I, yeah, that's good that that, yeah, yeah. that that makes a lot of sense I, you go to the right professional and you get the right yes. advice and, uh, and 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 take it from there folks you're listening to open forum we have supal vora in our, uh, in our studio and he has uh, it's novina Navina N A V I N A Okay Navina Investments is what it's called Wealth Navina Wealth I like that better <laughs> And um he has they you know he and his partners manage about half a billion dollars uh, from uh, and you probably have a 100,000 clients he was yes. saying 1100 households and that's a huge number yes. and growing because when you came last time it was half of it and it's yeah. really grown exponentially yeah. and which, which really speaks volumes of your expertise and your care for taking care of other people's money i'm going to jump uh, to our early years of working so we went from childhood you put 6000 leave it alone 65 you're going to be 1.5 million dollars someone's going to make that money it's that kids you just leave it alone don't tell the child till he's you know he's like 21 then he realizes because they can draw the money out right yes. those they can they can pull the money out and then you're really ruined but what happens to young couples who are just starting uh, a career and now they have a medium you know like a, a median income how do you help those people out i know some of them may have a 401 from their at their work uh, but as you know wealth advisor what do you how would you help them besides the 401k well the 401k now remember they're just starting life yeah so uh, starting their yeah careers so my my first uh, area of help is 
as we're beginning to start out in life, becoming well aware of what our goals are. This so it's sounds, all goal-oriented. Yeah, so okay. this, this sounds minor, but statistically it's magic. We always have goals in our head, yeah. but we rarely write them down. Oh, yeah. If all we do is write down our goal, we have a 300% chance in more of achieving it. If all we do is write down our goal and have an accountability partner, mm-hmm. it's 900% or nine times higher success. So what I have found is that when we're young, we have our goals of being able to become financially independent, mm-hmm. start a family, right. buy homes, build multiple investment real estate portfolio. I will help, I and our team help to make sure that this happens. Because we, we begin talking about that goal and that goal begins to manifest. Mm-hmm. From there, we now need to come up with a disciplined investment strategy to save for it. So what is that strategy going to be to begin building out our investment portfolio around real estate? How do we go ahead and begin that journey? How do we make sure we have adequate emergency funds and that these emergency funds are growing effectively? Right. In a 401k, should we do a Roth 401k or a traditional 401k? Or both. Or Sometimes, or we yeah. can do both. Okay, yeah. You know, so tax planning is really critical. Yeah. You know, a lot of young families are beginning to do family planning and want to go ahead and start having children. And, mm-hmm. and how do we make sure that we're financially ready? Because that's also a big commitment, having a family. Yeah. You know, I found that if you have two working households, you have childcare costs, nanny costs. All of these <laughs> things are thousands and thousands up. of dollars a month right. that we don't think through until we have our first child. Correct. Right. Right. Sure does. So, yeah, that extra bag of diapers well, not that you have right. to buy. Absolutely, man. Not only that, I think when you start a family, mm-hmm. uh, you're looking, so, as, as, as a matter of fact, you're looking at the retirement at that time, that, my God, within 30 years, you know, uh, what kind of financial security I'm going to have. Right. You know, I mean, listen, it's the projections that uh, Supal is going to make for you, li- depending upon the history, you know, of the market yeah. uh, situation. But would that be, for example, uh, say Yogi, for example, or someone yeah. else, uh, uh, that, okay, that when I retire at 65, probably I would need about seven to $8,000 for a month mm-hmm. uh, to live on. So that is where the super comes into the picture. But it is guaranteed? No, it is not guaranteed. Yeah. That how much money can you make, really? But you, you need six to seven thousand dollars. How do you, how do you get that six to seven thousand dollars along with your social security, mm-hmm. you know? So that is, that is a question that everyone needs to talk about. Right. And that, that how much money and plus your medical expenses yeah. at 65. You need to do all these things. Super, go ahead. Yeah. So, so for that young family, it's, Tax planning, cash flow planning, investment planning. These are all the things that we plan for for the positive. But then a young family also needs to worry about premature death or yeah. disability. Mm-hmm. So that's where having an adequate amount of life insurance, disability insurance is really critical. The types of insurance needs that we have change as we get older. When we're young, it's premature death and disability. Mm-hmm. Because if we have a two-income household, young family, you know, if either spouse dies, yeah. that's going to create financial havoc. You know, how do we go ahead and account for that? You know, very good point. Yeah. If we're unable to work, I've had so many clients that have had, they do everything. They save, they invest, they do good tax uh, planning. But one of them has a family issue, Mm -hmm. a mental health crisis, an inability to work. That'll completely jeopardize that financial plan. So disability income is also something that we go ahead and take a look at. So investment planning is on the growth side. Yeah. Protection planning is on protecting uh, the... And do you all do all that? I mean, yes, you, we do. Do, you, part of do you have an in-house uh, people who help you with that, or do you have to outsource the disability so insurance and all that? in-house, uh, we do life insurance, disability insurance, and long-term care. Excellent. And then we work with our partners for home and auto, um, commercial lines of insurance for our business owner clients, because right. those are critical areas that are not within my area of expertise. Uh, tell us about, uh, uh, you know, you talked about uh, business partners. How do you, when there are two business partners, how do you make sure that, like you talked about, yes. one person dying, how do you make sure the other person doesn't go under and they keep the businesses going? Because remember, one person dies, there's a family yes. that needs that income. How do you uh, help that? So so this is critical, and I've I've seen that more often than not, there's a failure to plan around this. Mm-hmm. Because two business partners are just friends who decided to start a business. Right. Eventually, that business is successful, but there's no succession plan that has happened. So what I have seen that happens is if one partner dies prematurely, it can create havoc on the other partner. 
Keep in mind that when we co-own a business, when we die, our ownership goes to our family, Mm -hmm. whoever we have listed in our trust. So now that family wants to be compensated for uh, uh, that wealth that they have. But they may not have a relationship with my business partner. They may not have a good working uh, uh, mechanism. Right. The business partner may not have the capital to buy out my family right away. Absolutely. So there's a couple of documents that are really critical. One is called a partnership agreement. A partnership agreement is basically where the two partners sit down and write out all of these different possibilities Mm -hmm. of what really comprises our partnership and what are the expectations. Wow, okay. Early on in a partnership, you know, we just started having a business with our friend, but the work expectations may be wildly different as Mm -hmm. well. All of these things can create problems later on Mm -hmm. in, in, in a partnership. So having a partnership agreement is critical. The second document is what's called a buy-sell agreement. Exactly, buy-sell agreement. And, right. and that's important because in case either party dies, how are we going to buy out? And what is the fair value uh, of that business? Because um, that also needs to be pre-agreed upon. So buy-sell agreement will do that. So these are two very important documents to protect each other uh, fr- from each other. Right, right. Yeah. That's, that's important for the families, very both the families involved, yeah. right? Yeah. And now we're approaching retirement. Now this is where the crux of our program is heading towards, right? Mm-hmm. What is a good retirement age? Or does it, you're going to bring me that same mantra of what is your goal in life? Is, is, there, a, is there a retirement age that one should be looking at? Or does, you tell me all the variabilities yeah. there. And, and that's a, a very <coughs> complex question with no easy answer. Yes. But if we take a look at it, let's try to answer it at multiple levels. Social Security starts at age 67 for full retirement age. Right. So if we're retiring earlier than 67, we better be rich. That's, that's <laughs> the bottom line. Because every year that we retire earlier than 67, that means that we're not going to have that supplementary retirement income, mm-hmm. meaning our own portfolio has to do all of the heavy lifting. So, you know, I've seen, and if we have a government job, where we have a pension, mm-hmm. then our ability to retire in our 50s or early 60s is very doable because our pension is going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But for the average private sector employee, they are saving everything for retirement. There's no government pension coming in. Yeah. If money doubles every seven to eight years, the seven to 10 years, if you retire at 60 versus ah. 67, you missed one full doubling Jump. cycle. And at that time, it's a double. I it's mean, a it's double of huge. a large number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we better be rich. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and so this is where if we want to retire early, we need to make sure all of our debt is paid off well before we retire to mm-hmm. reduce income needs. And then we, we better be wealthy or have some sort of government pension that's assisting us. So I have found that for the average person at 67 is full retirement. That's when they retire. Is that the American average that's age of American retirement average, yes. that you see? Oh, is it lower than that? Some people no, retire so, much earlier than that. Well, they do. But like you said, that they probably have enough means to sustain themselves because at 67 is where uh, it is, that is FRA, as they call right, it. Yeah. Right. Full retirement age. Correct. Yeah. Now, and, and then, like you said, you know, that you need to be rich. I do not know what rich means. Yeah. You know, in a number number game. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it, that, that if you are 55 and if you are going to retire at 60, uh, how much inflation do you count in? If you have $5 million, can you retire at 60? How much money that do you need? I do not know, honestly. And I don't think that anyone can answer that. I think it's very individualized. Is it, that true? It is individualized, but a rough number is 20 times uh, what you want to live off of. So okay. someone tell, wants us, to tell us a little more in detail. So what a, we, a rough number is that if you want to live off of $100,000 a year, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that bare minimum you're retiring with $2 million. $2 million. So, and, but, but that is at what age, though? I mean, someone would say, at, ah, 50, and I'm, you, you know, the guy is at 70, he's still playing golf. You won't have any yeah, money left. So, so at any age, um, <coughs> you, you know, what you want is that if you're retiring in your 60s, 20 times is more than enough. In 60s, okay. In your 60s. But if your investment portfolio never increases a 4% withdrawal rate. Okay. You could retire at any age and never take out more than 4%. So you could retire at 30, mm-hmm. only take 4% of your portfolio, and you'll have enough to last for the rest of your life. Because as long as your portfolio is growing by 6% or more, and you're only and that's a presumption that it's going to go, grow by 6 or 7%, and that's right? That's a presumption. It's a, yes. But it's a pretty good 
But it's a historical indication that uh, you can pretty much assume that uh, even though sometimes it may go down 20%, but Probably next year it will go 30% up. So. Mere sab 30 year wale sunne walo, please, yaar. Kaam karte raho. Kaam karte raho. I agree with you. I agree with you. But, you know, I mean, there are some, there are some individuals that who wants to retire in their 40s, you know. Yeah. And, you know, maybe by that time they have enough money to retire. So that's the you per- know. perpetual uh, uh, number you're looking at. Yes. 4%. You, if you take out from your reti- yes. from your savings, yes. and ye- and and if you have the savings exposed to the market, I would imagine, right? Because mm-hmm. no one's giving you a six percent CD right now. Well, maybe they are, but th- then you need a lot of money to invest. Yes. But but uh, otherwise, someone retires in the sixties and they're happy with the four percent. That is a retirement. Yes. I mean, because the life expectancy for men is still under eighty. And yes. for women, it's just over 80, 83, 84, and 77. I think that's where the life expectancy. Yes. So someone who's 65, for example, or 67, when they have full retirement age, the, uh, according to the statistics, he's only going to live for 10 years yeah, 10 on an average. Yeah. Uh, he, he may go way beyond that. If he doubles, it'll be 20 years. So that may be a good a- age yeah. to retire. But that's also something that we need to think about. I have found that, Retirement is not as easy as it looks. It looks easy, but it's not. <laughs> the word itself looks good. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> That's why today when I posted, I said, happy retirement. <laughs> so you need to have a purposeful retirement. Because what I have seen, the first six months of retirement is fantastic. Mm-hmm. People retire, they love it. But then after that, they need to have alternate purposes. So if we're deriving purpose from our employment, our profession, our career... We don't need Keep to stop working. that artificially yeah. because it's a great driver of joy right. for many people. So yes. retirement is not easy in the sense that you have to be purposeful in what it is that you want to do. Yeah. You want to think about all of the different things that you want to do because six months out, you know, you're going to get bored. You're going to start annoying your spouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, at that point. Well, we know, I mean, Jagat and I, we know a lot of physicians who go through that. They retire. Yeah. Right. Six months later, they're working two days a week. And that's fantastic yeah. because you have the talent why you want to lose it. Yeah. And you get out of your spouse's hair and yes. you, you feel professionally satisfied that I'm still doing what I'm doing. So exactly. the first six months you go enjoy and then get back into the workforce yes. and, and, and do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, one of the things that people don't understand is the long-term, uh, long-term care. insurance care. Yeah, long-term yeah. care insurance. Would you, are y'all, you guys, is that part of your in-house thing that y'all do? Yes. And can you explain what that means to our listeners, folks? You're listening to Open Forum. We have a, a great young man out here, Supervora, and um, he's a wealth advisor. Our number here is one eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five, and I'm going to have Supal give out his number also yes. in case people want to talk offline with you. Please give yes, your number. My my personal cell phone is nine five one eight five zero zero five five two nine five one eight five zero zero five five two. So Supal, to answer that question around long term care. This is an area that has that we don't normally think about when we're saving, and um, but but it's something that is a critical factor in in ensuring that we have a comfortable retirement. Mm-hmm. So when we retire, you know what's happening is that people are living longer and longer now. But what's happening is that the last two years of life, there's quality of care issues that tend to happen. Now there are considered to be six basic activities of daily living. These activities of daily living are are essential towards maintaining a healthy life. Yeah. So think about it from the time that we get up. We move out of our bed. That's mobility. Right. Then we go ahead and bathe. We then eat. We get dressed. We use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. We maintain our bowel movements. These are six essential activities of daily living. ADL, as we call them. ADLs, yes. Now, if we need assistance in two out of those six we now qualify for having a need for long-term care. Gotcha. Mm. Really? Now, now oh. the thing is, is that Medicare does not pay for long-term care. Medicare only covers for the first 20 days. After that, we're now paying out of pocket until we qualify for Medicaid. So from the time from 20 days till the time that we're completely poor, yeah. we have to pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. 
Now, the average person needs some sort of, we have a 50% probability of needing long-term care. Wow. And the average person needs it for around three years. So it's not a nursing home, but, you know, as we age, we know that we need help in mobility. We need help in bathing. We need help in toileting. And the average person is going to have a 50% probability of needing it for around three years. Okay. So this is a retirement killer. Mm. Because if it's just something minor where we have a home health worker coming and taking care of us, it's just a few thousand dollars a month. But if we need 24-hour assistant nursing care, it could be $25,000 a month. Dang. So it could be from a few thousand to 25,000, depending on in-home to 24-hour skilled nursing care. Right. Now, what I have found is that the first spouse that needs this is going to get the golden treatment. Because we don't know how long this need is going to be, especially amongst Desi households. The husband is usually sometimes 10 years older yeah. than their spouse. Mm-hmm. So what happens, it's usually the husband that needs long-term care first. And uh, then what ends up happening, because Medicaid uh, doesn't cover it because they have money, yeah. they'll then spend an undefined amount of money. And then the wife uh, is going to have much less money for Left her over. own retirement. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. Especially if there's an age gap. Then she's going to have many a decade, decade Open and a half plus uh, uh, of maintaining uh, her lifestyle, and a lot of those assets will have gone depleted. Open forum. So here, ar- around long-term Hello. care, I really recommend a Hello. good long-term care Hello. policy is a good way to fund this. Now, if we're very wealthy, we can self-fund long-term care as well. Right. But there's three ways to pay for long-term care. Have the government pay for it. Mm-hmm. That means that we've got to be poor. Or we have to move all of our assets outside of us before we need long-term care. There's a four-year look-back period, meaning if we're going to transfer our apartments and our hotels and stuff to our children, um, they we cannot use long-term care for four more years uh, once we've done that transfer. If if uh, it's less than four years, they will come and claw back the assets, the government. So that's one. Government, pay for it. I don't recommend that because either you have to be poor or you have to give up all your money to to a family member, and that mm. means you have no assets. Right. Second is have long-term care insurance. The third is self-finance. So those are the three ways to pay for this. Right. No yeah, other but, way. but the cost is amazing. So yeah, self-finance, it, it is. Is, again, you've got to be you know, so unless you're fabulously wealthy, wealthy yeah. that middle-class person, the only way, upper middle-class, middle-class is through long-term care right, insurance. Right. Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. We're going to take our next caller out here. Our number to join in is one eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five. We're talking to Super Vora. You got your headphones on. We got Miss um, Sabari on the line. Hello, uh, Sabari. How are you doing? Hi, very well. Thank you. How are you? Excellent, excellent. You're Hi, talking Sabari. To- Happy New Year to you guys. Just wanted to call in and say, Super Subod is a gentleman. Be I mean beyond par. Uh, not just a great uh, advisor, financial advisor, but just for me, counselor, friend, everything. Excellent. So, Supo, just wanted to say hi, and uh, you know, uh, for people who are listening, honestly, the guy to go to. Thank I you, Sabari. Much more. I'll let you keep continue. Well, Sabari, you know, I, I, I'll tell you yes. if it's okay. I can tell this little story, Sabari. Is that okay? Can I? Tell you how we got connected sure. out here. <laughs> so sure. we, we did the last program, not not the last one, the one before that, two or three maybe years ago. And as I was driving, Sabari texted me. She said, who was that guy? I said, that was super. She said, I need his number like right away. Do you remember <laughs> that story, Sabari? And then <laughs> I, I and then did, did she, she, one question she asked me, do you trust him? I said, yes, absolutely. And that's when you all became a client and a uh, professional, you know, um, uh, you know, friends yes. also. Well, Sabari's my I'm sister, so, so yeah, I'm so go. honored to work with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, he always says that, and I love him for it. Yes. Thank you so much. Super. Fantastic, Sabari. Are you... Uh, l- hello, hello. Don't hang up, okay? She did. Are you... Yeah. She did? No, oh, she no. Did. Okay. <laughs> Sabari is one of those... I don't yeah, even yeah. know where she is. Are you in Holland or are you in USA? <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm here. You're in USA. Oh, she is well, in Well, welcome back to USA. <laughs> <laughs> She's always traveling. I have no idea when she texts me. I'm like... Where is this girl? Australia? Okay. It must be three in the morning out there. <laughs> Go to sleep, young lady. <laughs> well, thank you for calling. Did you have any questions? Any question that may help our listeners also? Something that Jagat and I may not have touched on? 
Honestly, you, I don't. Okay. He's, he's, you know, he's always available to me, and that's something I really love about this guy. Fantastic. You know, he has much bigger clients, you know, a huge portfolio. I'm really nothing, but I so appreciate this, you know, just, just a genuine guy who always makes time for you. That's that's what matters. That speaks volumes of right. your, your... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because we've had... Uh, I had to call in. I, Thank you. I was just driving, and I heard you on the phone. And Sabari, just like just like you, we also trust him. Period. You know, there is no in between here. Uh, last year we yeah. had open forum. Uh, you know, uh, help and is it called help or sponsor something like that? Right. A, a seminar and that place was packed. Packed. That uh, we place were was thrilled packed. that yeah. Uh, yeah. it was packed at Madras Pavilion, yeah, India Summers. And uh, I know Sabari yeah. couldn't make it. She was tra- traveling. Let me just put it that way. Right. And she couldn't make it that time. But again, we hopefully we can have yeah. another seminar this year where people right. who are listening to us and our friends will come and just listen to your, you know, your 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 advice. Basically. Right. True, true. Thank you again, Miss Ali. Thank Thanks, you. Sabari. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. You're listening to Open Forum, and if you want to join in in this conversation, our number is pretty easy: one eight eight eight. Seven four nine one zero three five and uh, Super, give out your number one more time. Nine five one eight five zero zero five five two. Yeah, or just Google his name. Yeah, or <laughs> Google his name, <laughs> Super Vora. Yeah, let's move on to a small uh, little deviation out here because I know at five o'clock we're going to give you a little break for about five to ten minutes, but I'm going to let you uh, chew on this. People who retire, you know, sometimes they get. Uh, you you told me the crux of retirement. You've got to have enough uh, investments or money for healthcare, which, as you know, in this country, there's what, what is the statistics? Two hundred thousand dollars lifetime every senior is going to need, or is it less than that, or more than that? Uh, probably around two hundred thousand is what I've heard. To escape that, a lot of people retire overseas. Yes. Do you have clients who have said, "Look, Supal, manage the money." Are we going to live in Cabo, New Mexico, you know, Cabo or whatever? Do you have people like that? And what's the advantage of that? Uh, and what's the disadvantage of that? And just think about that. But I'm going to take Chatriwala to talk to you and let's see what questions he has. Mr. Chatriwala, sir, uh, good evening. Hi. Chatriwala, sir, good evening. You're on, on Open Forum. Good evening. <laughs> good evening, Chatriwala. अगर आपने चाय पी ली तो उड़ गए होगे आप तो मैं जरा कहीं मैं जरा बिजी था तो मैं रास्ते में सुनते हुए आया आप प्रोग्राम में कभी छोड़ता नहीं यस सर थैंक यू सो मच छत्रीवाला साहब वी आर टॉकिंग टू सुपर वोरा who you've heard him before एंड ही इज अंशियल एडवाइजर अ वेल्थ एडवाइजर एंड वी वर एस इफ यू वॉन्ट टू वेट and you just want to call us later that's fine also you can listen a little more see what question you have our number here is 18887491035 agar aapke paas question hai to abhi puchte hain nahi to baad mein puch sakte hain aap nahi it's the we're just talking about the long term care ha ji and i think uh, in this day and age i think uh, we all have something or the other jab bhi jab bhi aakhir waqt aata hai to bolte bhai kya karega hospital mein dal <laughs> right, right. No, but I think I I just want to I want to make sure people understand yeah. this this long term care that he's talking about is totally different than what you're talking about the end of life where you're going. To yeah, die. even with the long care care, you still sometimes you end up in the hospital. No, no, yeah, yeah, but that yeah. may take. But remember, right. Jagat Bhai, remember one thing: you got to be very careful. This is hospice is not boom automatic. No, it goes right. through years and years of ad exactly downhill and downhill and downhill. Hospice has very strict criteria, right? right? If you don't meet the criteria, you still need this long-term care. So I, I think you yeah. made the made the point really well uh, that yes, uh, either you are independently extremely wealthy that you can take care of it, or you buy. Because the fact of the matter, sir, is it, today if someone is in the sixties and they try to buy long-term care, the premium is going to be also exorbitant. Absolutely, the whole idea of getting long-term. If you have the money, buying at forties and fifties, yes. because then the premium is less, and they've got enough time to. Is yes. that you yeah. want to elaborate on that the, a little the bit? Ideal age is in your fifties, so fifty five zero. Yeah, is the ideal age to get long term care insurance. Five zero, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. 
and the premiums otherwise do climb because they will climb. Oh, and yeah. the, the less time that we have to pay yeah. means we have to come up with that pay in to the yeah. system yeah, yeah. because there are others also paying in but they may be older yeah. so Chatriwala I think you make a good point but I do want to make sure people understand this long term care is a long term care it's years before yeah. Allah Mia or Jesus Christ or Bhagwan takes you upstairs you know before that, there are a lot of... I like that, Uparwala. Yeah. So I don't know about that, Uparwala. Yes, yes. Okay, that was, that, was, that was a little side joke out there, which I had to crack. Thank you so much, Chatriwala um, sahab. Please call us again. Um, at about 5 o'clock, we're going to have some of our friends call in. Tara is going to call. Tara, Tara is going to call, and uh, and then we'll take a break at that time. So till then, tell us about the overseas retirement. Yeah. So what is that concept, and how does it help? Yeah. So the, so the question was, is that you know, are, am I seeing a lot of clients um, retiring overseas, and what are the benefits of that? Yeah. If we have to retire overseas because of financial reasons, we're not going to be happy. You know, so what I have found is that the people that retire overseas are the ones that have the financial flexibility to still live in the U.S. Because then they're enjoying their time, they're living overseas, they're able to have a home in India, uh, they could be living abroad part-time or full-time and still be able to enjoy life. So what I recommend is that don't go ahead and factor that you're going to move back to India or Pakistan as the primary retirement plan. Right. Because what I've seen over and over again is that people will move and they won't be happy. Correct. So, yes, can you retire overseas and have a much cheaper retirement than in the U.S.? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your health care costs, are, uh, access exactly. to health care, all of that yeah. is going to be different. Access to family. Very true. Well, that's just, I know, Sasabod, that huh. some of, uh, not my friends, but my friends' friends, have retired in India. Right. They live six months there. Yes. And then they come here. Yes. But the caveat is ah. that listen, uh, this is our uh, temporary home. Yeah. Where? Our, Which one? India. India is okay. Because anytime the health issue comes up, they will run right here, you know, to America. Yes. Right. Because and that's the ideal setup is that they can aff- they can live here, afford to live here, but they're choosing optionally to live in India. Correct. Right. And, and and they can you know they, he, what he was talking about is that they can uh, live very easily on social security mm-hmm. in any part of India and you still can save money you know? yes yes but I, I was thinking of uh, close by you right. know either Mexico or uh, countries close by Costa Rica etc yeah. etc uh, is, is there is an expatriate Americans living in Costa Rica and few other countries yeah. But I do not know how many Indians are going there, though, yet. Yeah, I don't think there's a large in Indian or Pakistani population um, yet, yet in Mexico or or, no, or uh, Costa Rica. Okay. But I am seeing... You but know, as far as the taxes, as far as the investment being safer, if it's cheaper in a country to live, as it's been touted, you know, the people talk about, yeah, it's cheaper to live in Mexico or Costa Rica, the rents are cheap, the, you know, healthcare is cheap, etc., yeah. etc., et Yes. Will the money last lot much longer then? It will because cost of living is less. Much less. Right. But from a taxation standpoint, there's no difference. Okay. As a U.S. citizen, you have to pay taxes on global income, Period. regardless <laughs> of where you live. Exactly. You can live in Mexico, Costa Rica, you're still paying U.S. income taxes. Okay. The big benefit of living overseas is your cost of living is substantially lower. Right. So your expenditure is going to be less. But here's the one thing I found for most Desi households. They're attached to where their children live. Right. Correct. So if you're living in Costa Rica and your kids are living in Houston and your grandchildren are living in Houston, yeah. you're not going to want to be in Costa Rica. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, I knew a family that moved to Costa Rica, Indian family. Yeah. They lived for about a couple of years there and they literally got bored. Yeah. Okay. Where they, where they went in to Costa India? Rica. Costa Rica, yeah. Right. And yeah. then they moved back here and now they are living in Sarasota, Florida. See, the, 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 and, and it's a fact. They see the problem, yeah. They need other desis around them yes. all the time. Uh, they could be as friendly with anyone around them, but they still need desis. <laughs> that Friday night yeah. is a desi night. You and, know? And, and his complaint and was... What's wrong with that? That is fantastic. His complaint was language. Yeah. language. You know, yeah. He says, you know, I mean, I could not muster uh, the, the Spanish, whatever they speak right. in Costa Rica. Yeah. 
and so it was very difficult to make friends. You know? But that's true. I mean, you have to learn the language before you go to any country. You know, you, you, you so hey, look, <laughs> you have someone coming into USA without knowing a little English or any English. That guy or right. that girl is going to be in trouble. You cannot go to school, yeah. college, get a job or whatever it is. Mm. But, you know, language. Before you move to a country, you should know that language. Of course. If Absolutely. you're moving to yeah. live there. If you're moving there just for yeah. fun, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's, that's a little sideline, <laughs> political sideline there. <laughs> Folks, you're listening to Open well, Forum. Yes, sir. Go ahead. So, what you said, this is need this. Yeah. Without, we cannot leave it. Yeah, it's true, right? It's true. It is true. It's very true because... I'm already retired for almost like seven and a half years, almost eight years in this June. Yeah. And like uh, most of my friends are retired except a couple of them. Mm-hmm. But like I don't flow regularly with car, but like they have decided about seven or eight guys are like that once a week or something, maybe sometimes different groups twice a week. They play the cards right. together. Same thing, their wives and also like they're like they're not maybe they're Sympathy group or their Kanasta group or something. They may be playing, getting together two, three times a week and playing the cards or getting together. Right. So like, you know, if you live in Costa Rica, it's not going to live. Yeah, if you have something back home in India, if you have some connection or like Sukal Sekhet, you can manage to live here and both. And I guess people do, I have known friends, they go about three months a year to India and rest of the nine months they stay here. They go to India, do whatever they need to do in winter time. Yeah. Come well, back. So, right. Any time that people live in India, they they have to come back within less within less than six months. Because if <laughs> you stay there a little longer than six months, then you are paying taxes in India as well as America. Oh Lord! So you know 